Welcome to Success the Last, a podcast that honestly explores the complicated topic of success. I'm your host, Jared Siegel. I'm a partner at DeLap and leader of our wealth advisory practice. During each episode, we're going to talk to a business owner, entrepreneur, real estate investor, or industry thought leader about their own experiences, insights, and observations as it pertains to life, business, finances, and ultimately fulfillment. Candidly, it can be lonely at the top. Our desire is to use this podcast to connect you with the ideas and resources so you can be better equipped to make more predictable, profitable, and rewarding decisions as you juggle the competing priorities of life, business, and money. Keep in mind, this is a podcast. It's not meant to be a replacement for your CPA or financial advisor, so be sure to check with the appropriate professionals before implementing any of the ideas. Welcome back to another episode of Success That Lasts. If you're like us, you're hearing a lot coming out of Washington, D.C. as it pertains to President Biden's tax proposal. What does it actually mean for you? As we read the headlines, we read that it could raise as much as $3.3 trillion over the next decade. Well, how does it do that? Currently, the proposal focuses on taxpayers earning in excess of $400,000 per year. President Biden is expected to raise long-term capital gains tax on the wealthiest Americans to 43.4% if you're including the Medicare surtax. According to the Tax Foundation, on a conventional basis, the Biden tax plan by 2030 would lead to about 7.7% less after-tax income for the top 1% of taxpayers. To help us make sense of all of these proposed changes, I reached out to DeLap's very own Joe Seifert. Joe is a tax partner and the home building practice group leader. So without further ado, let's jump into today's conversation with Joe Seifert. Joe Seifert, welcome to Success That Last. You ready to talk taxes? Absolutely. Thanks, Jared. Dream job. Hey, before we uh, jump into the Biden tax proposal and potential implications to our uh, audience members, why don't you do a quick background on you? So your tax partner, you lead our home building vertical, just a little bit of who you are and uh, how you came to the lab. Yeah, thank you. I actually never want to be an accountant. I never want to be a tax accountant, that's for sure. I don't think anybody grows up saying that. But yeah, I grew up, parents were home builders and Christmas tree farmers. My dad probably built seven or eight houses a year. So I had opportunity to work with my hands growing up, kind of be around the home building industry. After leaving college, had the opportunity to kind of come to work for DeLap, work with Jim White and several of our current partners over time and got some wonderful training. And the firm had a nice opportunity. I think grow our real estate and home building practice and jumped on board kind of early in my career and never really looked back. It's been a, a great ride. I've really enjoyed following the industry and I had some, some great mentors here at the firm to help, help build that out. Awesome. Well, I guess let's go ahead and jump into it. Change is the new constant. I guess it's always been the constant, but there's a lot of talk right now amongst our clients around the proposed tax changes being negotiated in Washington, D.C., so more to come, but at a high level, we do know some things and we suspect some things. So there seems to be some critical numbers. 400,000 seems to be a number that matters. A million dollars seems to be a number that matters. There's other numbers that'll matter, but let's just start from an income tax perspective for individual taxpayers and, and why that 400,000 threshold is a number that matters. Yeah, I think if you look at that dollar amount, Jared, you're right, it does show up several times in, in President Biden's tax proposals. and. You know, for starters, it's going to be probably a, a dollar threshold that's looked at for 
increasing the top rates. Currently, the top tax rate is 37%. Looking at taking that up to 39.6%. So going to inch that back up to where it was kind of pre-Trump days. Another one for, for self-employed people, you know, is, is potentially removing the cap on Social Security taxes. Those currently cap out around 130, 140,000. But they're t- potentially have talked about removing the cap on Social Security taxes for those making over $400,000. Yeah, one one proposal I saw on that from a details perspective, and I guess it's all a negotiation, was kind of almost like a donut hole that you would have a threshold that it went up to and then it would would, would go away, but then you'd be subject to Social Security and payroll tax again over your wages, $400,000 or above. I think that's generally right. Probably just trying to trying to hit those, make it affect those only with the income over four hundred. You know, it affects everybody up to 130, 130, 140,000 right now. And then, like you say, it may stop and then start again once you get over $400,000. Yeah. There's talk about reducing the cumulative deductions that, that an individual could take if they itemize. So, you know, the vast majority of Americans under the new current tax code, roughly 90% just take the standard deduction, but 10% of Americans itemize the, the lion's share of our clients itemize. So that's that's proposed to be capped out. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think, you know, there, there was a phase out at one time on itemized deductions overall. And I think looking at at the proposal, there's there's something out there to where, again, if you're over $400,000, they would look at, you know, removing a portion of your itemized deductions, again, or phasing those out as your income goes up. There also is talk about capping the benefit of itemized deductions at 28%. So currently, if you we're in the top rate of 37%, but you're giving money to charity, you kind of get equal offset there, if you will, in terms of reduction of tax of the top rate. But there's potential they may cap the benefit of the itemized deductions at 28%. So even though you're paying tax at the top rate of 37, your itemized deductions might only be worth 28%. It's all speculation. I have no idea what the final form of this would look like, but that's kind of what we're hearing and seeing in different what? forms right now. What? we? I invited you on the show because I thought you had a crystal ball. You know, you pick up the phone and call the president, tell him what you think, right? I wish we did. I wish I wish it was that easy. He stopped accepting your calls. Yeah. Uh, I think looking back, though, Jared, to, to when this happened four or five years ago, President Trump's tax cuts is having gone through that. It's it's an exciting time for us, I think, in terms of looking at new opportunities. How can we see things different? How can we structure deals different? You know, I think this this is going to create some more tax drag for a number of taxpayers out there, but I think it definitely brings brings new opportunity. It's important to remain flexible. Yeah. So a couple of thoughts here. So before we transition into the million dollar mark, somebody who spends the lion's share of their time in the real estate profession, what are your thoughts on the on kind of what you're hearing on the 1031 front? Yeah, I, I don't know that we I can tell you either way which where that's going to go. But again, they're they're looking at, you know, repealing the like kind of exchange rules. We've seen, and I guess for our audience members that aren't literate with the tax code 1031, that that would be the tax free exchange where you can sell a piece of real estate and roll it into another piece of real estate without triggering capital gains or depreciation. Right. Yeah. That provision's been around for a long, long time. We've seen that reported as both repealing that for everybody and again, only for those making more than $400,000. So not sure where that will land if it will come in, but uh, like kind of exchanges could be under attack. Yeah. What happens with? 199A, kind of the qualified business income, the QBI deduction. We've seen various things on that as well in terms of it attacking real estate investors, but 
again, the $400,000 mark kind of shows up. I think it's been more widely reported that they're looking at eliminating that 20% or qualified business income deduction for those making over $400,000. That's going to move the needle in a big way for a lot of people's tax expense relative to what they were previously paying. There's been a lot of planning around that. And yeah, it's been a, it's been a very nice deduction for, for certain clients to be able to take advantage of it over time. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's shift from 400,000 to a million. So why does the million dollars seem to matter in the Biden tax proposal? We definitely heard more on that this week. You know, I think uh, in your industry, especially the market saw a little reaction to that. More announcements and I think more pressure to eliminate the capital gains tax rates for taxpayers with over a million dollars of income. So I think that's definitely the the biggest concern and uh, the thing we're keeping an eye on very close here as we go on throughout 2021. Yeah, I guess when we think about people making a million dollars, people making $400,000, wealth often is income minus production equals wealth, right? So if you spend less than you make for a long time and you invest it wisely, you can become affluent here in Oregon. The estate exemption is a million dollars per person. I believe that's the lowest in the entire country and and subject to rates that scale quickly to 16%. But uh, independent of Oregon, that's not changed. Biden is talking about reversing the current exemption, which I believe is 11.8 million, back to 3.5 million. So I guess talk to me a little bit about kind of what you're seeing on some of the proposed changes as it pertains to the estate tax. I think uh, you're right on that. You know, the estate tax exemption has never been higher as it is today. There's a lot of talk of it reverting back to a a level like closer to what you said, $3.5 million per person. It may provide a nice little window here in 2021 for taxpayers to do some some estate planning. Don't know when or if that would come back to levels that high. There's also discussion and proposal out there about uh, around the step up in basis on death. That's been a provision that's been around for a long, long time, especially as it relates to real estate. It's been a a key strategy I think our firms leaned on oftentimes to help minimize taxes upon death or end of life there when when you look at transferring real estate. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the, I guess they've they've attempted to do, eliminate the step up in basis and prior changes out of DC, but none of those have been successful or stuck. I guess time will tell. Do you have any kind of personal convictions or, or thoughts on what that what that could look like? I don't. I don't personally do have a lot of estate tax and only, I guess, only saying having 12 or 13 years of experience. So I haven't really seen many changes in administration as maybe some others in our firm or in the profession have. But I do agree with what you said. I think this isn't the first time this has been on the chopping block. It's survived multiple rounds of scrutiny. It's still around today. So yeah, it's, it's hard to comment on the likelihood of any of this stuff. So Again, just to move past kind of conceptual to a little bit more brass tax, if a client has been successful, they've owned a business, maybe they accumulated some real estate along the way, some investment accounts, you know, paid off all of their debt. When they pass away, Joe, they're worth $20 million. But these are all assets that they've acquired and held over a long period of time. Maybe the depreciation on the real estate has the basis really low. And the business that they owned, they grew from the ground up. So they could have a low basis in the business as well. So in that scenario, if, I, if I'm thinking about it right, when that m- money is transferred, hypothetically, one of the proposals is a $3.5 million per person exemption. So that gets you to a $7 million exemption for a married couple. 
there would be $14 million of estate tax, federal estate tax in that scenario, but then the the basis wouldn't step either, step up either. So you'd be paying that estate tax and then the heirs would be getting the assets with little to no basis, potentially well over a million dollars. And so they'd be subject to ordinary income on that potentially. Is that how you how you read it? Yeah, if the step up in basis was not there, currently it is there. And so you can start redepreciating things. You know, you have a higher estate tax exemption, but also get the income tax benefits, like you say, at restarting the depreciation on that. So again, that's been a key provision and helped on the income tax front for those generations left or moving forward. Yeah. Within the uh, the wealth planning industry, one of the things uh, in the proposal that, that grabs some eyes, because it will change the way people think and plan, kind of an easy tax planning strategy is to max out, you know, your 401k or, or like type, like kind of account. And so the, the plan would then allow you to deduct dollar for dollar up to your annual limit. But the current proposal looks as though instead of receiving a dollar for dollar deduction, you would actually get a flat credit for contributions capped at the 26% rate. So, you know, somebody subject to a marginal rate of 39.6% contributing doesn't actually then get the full benefit. So there's a cost to making the contribution, you know, where you're still subject to some kind of a tax rate on your contribution, you would still get the benefit of the deferral. But then later on, when the money was coming back out, you would be paying, you know, in the form of, excuse me, required minimum distributions or qualified distribution, that would be taxed as ordinary as well. And if you looked at, if you're still in the highest tax bracket during retirement, you could be paying a rate well over 50% on your 401k. So going forward, that would maybe be a planning opportunity to maybe rethink how and where you're saving for retirement as it pertains to kind of the traditional retirement accounts or Roth. That's right. We call that reverse tax planning. It could be going the wrong direction, right? Take a deduction today at lower amounts and have to pull it out at higher amounts. There could be, could have the opposite effect of what, what you hope it accomplishes potentially today. Well, so I guess let's put a bow on today's conversation. Again, this is what we know to to be true today, but it's it's far from law. So really, it's about the acknowledgement that the only certainty the future offers us or promises us is uncertainty. And so we found that planning can be a spectacular way to deal with that inevitable change that the future promises us. You know, so doing a lot of plans right now, tax plans or financial plans, so that they can almost function like strategic scaffolding, so that when something that goes from a guess to reality, when we go from expectation to certainty, we're in a better position to respond quickly because the plan is then providing that scaffolding to to really navigate the competing priorities of where your dollars need to be going. Yeah, I think that's right, Jared. You know, you look at, at businesses oftentimes have various emergency plans, whether it's a IT emergency plan or an earthquake response plan, right? They, you have some of these disaster response plans. Some people may, maybe some people do view the tax changes coming as a disaster. But yeah, I think developing a plan to respond to some of this stuff is important. I also think today as you're making business decisions, you can't ignore some of these things that are on the table. You know, we're looking at at several scenarios and running numbers for clients where we're looking at, okay, here's the implications of this decision today with today's rates. And here's potentially the decisions, you know, if some of this were to hold true, you know, what is the difference in uh, tax when you put the two side by side? 
How would that affect other aspects of your business? Or would that get your income over a million dollars where you might lose other benefits or be subject to higher taxes? I think it's, you can't operate from a place of being scared of some of this stuff you do. I just think it's important to pay attention to it. And it's something to, to consider today when doing your planning. Yeah, we often say you can add more value through planning than you can through predictions. And certainly in this specific scenario, that, that holds true as well. You know, as a resource to help us support our, our audience in the midst of trying to gather information around what we know to be true today, I'll go ahead and link, Joe, to, to two show our checklist that we've built for clients. One is as a high-income earner, and a high-income taxpayer, how might President Biden's tax proposal affect me is one checklist. And then another one is how might President Biden's tax proposal affect me, kind of maybe for an audience member that's not in that 400 plus thousand range, but still curious what, what the, the changes could look like within their own tax plan. I guess then uh, the final like call to action might just be if you have any questions or concerns to reach out to Joe or I or the rest of the team, here to add clarity and confidence to the decisions that you're wrestling with in, in the midst of change, huge opportunity to do so. So Joe, you did well. You kept us, you kept us on budget time-wise. Thanks, Jared. We'll have to do it again once, once we actually know uh, what, what's real and versus uh, fake. That's right. We'll be following this stuff close. It'll be interesting to see what, what the final form of any of this is. Keep an eye as we approach the end of the year here. All right. Well, we'll be back next week with some more new content. And until then, be well.